And that's the thing. We get so blinded by our situation and circumstances, we can't see the hand of God moving in our lives. God, I don't have this and I don't have that. And why is this happening? Why that? He said, why you ain't looking at what I am doing? I'm making a way out of no way for you. See, you see, you should be in Shepherd Pratt right now, but when you're still in your sound mind, I'm taking care of you. You should be in ICU, but I'm the one keeping you. And so, and so, and so he couldn't see that. And so God says, I know what you need. You need to get back into my presence. And so what he did was he says, I need you to step out of your cave and step into my presence. And so my question to you is, what is your cave? Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom focused, kingdom minded, kingdom living. This is the Rama Talk Podcast, and you're listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson, founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. First Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19. This is all the scripture we need today. We're going to stay in Kings. I'm going to, I'm going to rewind and take, I'm just going to walk you through the text and we're going to get caught up to our text. I got to go all the way back to the beginning and then get us to our text. So I'm going to exegete the text in a moment. So let's get there together. First Kings chapter 19. I'm going to start at verse nine. When you get it, please say, I got it. If you're still turning, say, hold up. Amen. We're all there together. If you do not have your Bibles, we would definitely have the scriptures on the monitors for you. First Kings chapter 19, I'm going to read verses 9 through 13. And I'm going to read today from the New King James Version. It says this way, it says, And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great storm wind tore into the mountain and the rocks in the, uh, and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Let's stop right there. So my sermon title today is Under the Noise is the Whisper. Under the Noise is the whisper. The prophet Elijah is, is, is who we're going to talk about today. And we're first introduced to the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17. He was a Tisbite from the land of Galilee. And he was a prophet of God. And, and the first time we see him in chapter 17 is when he had to go tell King Ahab that it's not going to rain, nor there'll be dew in the earth until I say so. You have to understand the type of power and the type of faith he ever had in God for him to say, you know what, I, can, I'm, I, I know I received the word from the Lord and I'm not afraid to declare to the king or to, or to the leader what God has told me. God said that it's not going to rain and it's not going to be any dew until I say so. Now, that's, a, that's bold. Now, you understand, it's bad not to have rain, but you can't have dew either. You know, dew is the condensation that come up on the vegetation in the morning. He said, you ain't even going to have that, no water at all. 
And so you got to see the, 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 the snowball effect of this. So if there is no rain, if there is no dew, that means there will be no crop. If no crop, there is no harvest. If no harvest, that means there will be a famine. And so church, can I, oh, can I give you a sidebar here? You need the rain. Because I don't care how much seed you got in the ground, if it's not water, it's not going to grow. So you need the rain. And so, and so he went to the, he went to the, the king and said, it's not going to rain until I say so. Um, and, and, and so God told him that because the people were disobedient. The king was doing all types of things and the, the king and the people fell into a place of rebellion and disobedience to God. So because of their disobedience, God said, I'm not going to send the rain. Because of their disobedience, God said, I'm not going to send the rain. So if we're not having rain, you got to check what you're doing. And, and, and oh, can I give you a sidebar here? God is more concerned about changing you than changing your circumstances. See, see, here, here's our problem. See, we want God to change our circumstances, but he says, I'm really trying to change you, and I'm going to use your circumstance to change you. He's more concerned about you being whole than your situation being temporarily right. See, many of us extend our famine or extend our trials because we're always looking for the exit and not the lesson. We're trying to find a way out of the situation as of saying, God, I'll stay in it and let me learn what I need to learn so I can get out the right way. Y'all quiet in this Lutheran church. Y'all okay? I, and because I, I know I'm about to park in some spots. It's okay. It's all right. It's, it's okay. And so, and so understand that, 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 they, that this was the reason why the famine was coming because they were in a place of disobedience. But how, how, much, how do you, many of you know that even though Elijah was in that land, he wouldn't be affected by the famine? It's because of his obedience to God. God says, I'm going to honor your obedience and I'm going to do what I'm going to do for you because you're doing the right thing. So it don't make a difference who is the famine around you. If you're living a life for the Lord, understand he will take care of you in the midst of a famine. That's the type of God that we serve. And so what he did was he told Elijah, uh, give me a moment. I gotta, I gotta, I'm in chapter 17 right now. I'm going to get us to 19 in our text. But let me walk you two up to our text. Okay? So, so, so what he did was he says, he said, Elijah, I need you to go to this brook. I want you to go to this brook, and I'm going to take care of you. Now, he sent him to a brook in the midst of a famine. So the brook is where he got his water. But he said, I'm going to send ravens to feed you. You have to understand something. Ravens feeding a person. Ravens are scavengers. They don't even feed their young. Can I give you another sidebar? See, see, when you're in the will of God, he'll give you blessings from unusual places. See, see, he'll, he, he will, and see, the, the blessings that come from a place where you didn't expect it to come from, he used ravens to bring him meat and bread. While, he, while everybody else is starving, he didn't even know how to work for the food. It's just coming to him. He just wake up the raven like, all right, thank you. So he, next time, can you bring some filet mignon? <laughs> he write it down. I got you. Can you bring me some of that Hawaiian rolls? Amen. <laughs> Them things are love, ain't they? Look at that. I know Charles the Raven's hand on that one. Charles like those rolls. Amen. <laughs> and so the lesson is when, when God tells you to go, see, remember, God sent them to the brook. And so if God tells you to go to a place, you have to understand if he sends you there, he's going to take care of you while you're there. And so that's what he did for him in the midst of a famine. He's eating there. So Elijah understood that God at this point was Jehovah Jireh. He was his provider and that it wasn't his ability, but it was God that was looking out for him. And, and he used ravens to sustain him. 
So don't tell me God can't take care of you. I don't care what situation you're in. I don't care how it looks. God says, I have, I have provision for you if you would just trust me and do what I said do. Uh, and, and, and then what happened was he was there for a season and God used ravens and the brook to sustain him for a season. But then the brook dried up. And see, that's our problem. We get to a good place. We want to stay there. But sometimes your brook has dried up and God wants to send you to a new place. But we get so comfortable in our old place. We say, God, just restore this place. He said, no, I'm sending you somewhere new. I have new things for you. And so and understand that he had to close that door in order to open a new door. Uh, and we don't understand that. We, we, we say, God, why can't we leave this door? But he said, because I have more for you. I have new things for you. Years ago, I used to work for a company called Pendum. They were an car company, and I was their operational manager. I was in charge of the entire operation. And we had a vault in our, in our office where we kept millions of dollars because that's where the armored car guys would get money and, and go do their routes. And so in this vault were two doors. Now, when you enter the first door, you cannot open the second door till the back door was closed. Even if you try to crack it, if the other door in front of you would not open because the door had to be completely closed and afforded the other door to open. And many times, that's our problem. We're saying, God, why is this door open? Because you still got the other one cracked. Because you know why? We're looking for a way out. God, what if it don't work? What if, what if this thing don't work? God says, you got to trust me. Let that door shut behind you and move forward in things I have in front of you. And that's what happened to Elijah. So, so God says, this brook is now dried up, son. I'm going to send you to a land called Zarephath, and there you will find a widow, a widow there who's going to look out for you. So he makes his way his land to the land of Zarephath. He gets there. He sees this woman, and she's getting some water. And, 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 and he said, can you give me a little bit of water? She said, I got you. And then he said, uh, well, look, you got a piece of bread I can eat? She, he said, I ain't got no bread. He said, I got a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. I'm going to make this one little cake for me and my son, and we're going to die. The reason why she said that, because there was no more food beyond that. There was no provision. There was nothing left. That's, that's all she had. And, 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 and so, and so he, said, he said, well, look, I tell you what. Give me a little piece first, and you'll have enough for you and your son. Now, here's the reality. Most of us will say, you have lost your mind. Preachers always asking for my last. <laughs> Amen. Amen. They always want theirs first. You have to understand, it ain't the preacher. It was a word that came from the Lord. And her, her provision, her blessing was attached to her obedience. I know that's a bad word in, in modern church. But many are looking for the blessings of God, but you ain't been obedient yet. Anyway, so, so this lady, so, so, so this lady, she, she said, you know what? What I got to lose? <laughs> I ain't got nothing left anyway. anyway. So she, she, she gave him some first. Now, you understand, this was hundreds of years before seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, but she grabbed hold of that principle in the spirit realm. She said, if I just give God some first, then he's going to add everything to me. So the story went that way. She made the cake up. She gave the man of God a piece first. He ate, and every time she went to that jar of oil, and every time she went to that jar of flour, it never ran over. You have to understand, three years was the famine. So for three years, her, 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 her thing never got empty. You understand? So Elijah and her and her son ate good for three years in the middle of a famine because she put God first. Yes. It still worked today. You realize that? 
It still works today. If you put God first, he'll look out for you in the midst of a famine. And so, and so, and so, you know what? When we read this story, a lot of times we say, yeah, God used this woman to be a blessing to Elijah. I want to flip it because I think but God dried up the brook to be a blessing to this woman and her son. So you understand, God dried up the brook, and he dried up the brook so Elijah could go there and be a blessing to her. See, all she had to do was be obedient. So in his preserving the man of God, it was really her blessing. And, but she had to be obedient and trust him. So think about this. Elijah had to trust God because he had to say, this woman ain't got nothing. She gotta, I got to trust her that she's going to give me something. And the woman said, I got to believe the word that just came to me that if I give him something, I'm going to be okay. And so that's what happened when trust collides. See, when trust collides, supernatural things take place. Can you imagine if I came in here trusting God and you came in here trusting God and you came in here trusting God and all that trust got together? There's nothing that God can do for us if we can trust him and even in the midst of a family, put our faith in him and say, God, you are my father and you can take care of your children. And so, and so, and so, so let's get back to the story. So now understand that now, now Ahab is mad. Because at this time, years had gone by, people were in a famine in the land, and, and so he sent out mercenaries to find Elijah. Not just to find him, but to kill him. And here's the thing that messed me up. He couldn't find him. He sent mercy to every land around him, and all the kings of the land said, I don't know where he at. I don't know where he at. Here's the thing that messed me up. Elijah wasn't hiding, but yet God hid him. <laughs> Y'all missed it. He wasn't hiding. He was in Zarephath. He was, he was hanging out. He wasn't, he wasn't having nobody, but yet God hid him. You have to understand, people of God, that when your enemy's trying to come up against you, you ain't got to hide. God's going to hide you. You have to understand. He says, he says, he will hide me in the shadow, under the shadow of the Almighty. And so I ain't got to run from my enemy. God's going to protect me in the midst of my enemies. You ain't got to run from them. God says, I'm going to look out for you, son. And in the right season, I'm going to let you approach him again. You see what I'm saying? You got to understand that God, God's going to give you, he said, you got you to let me show you up. See, he ain't had no strength. And so he said, I'm going to get you, I'm going to let you eat, I'm going to let you be able to minister to this young lady, and, and, and I'm going to bless you. That even in the midst of that, I, this is not my text, but I'm going to just give you the whole story. So, 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 so what happened was this woman, she had her son, they started eating, and the little boy died. Then she blamed the man of God. She said, why you come to my house and bring destruction? Wait a minute, destruction, I'm the one that brought the food. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be eating. He said, give me the little, little boy. He took the little boy upstairs, and guess what? He laid the little boy in the bed that Elijah laid in. <laughs> he, he laid him there, and, and so the man of God, she understand that, 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 that there's a special place where God will allow the anointing to rest. Yeah. And, and see, Elijah knew where the anointing had rested. He laid the little boy there, and then the, when he came back downstairs, he came down with the boy alive. He said, here go your son. Then the woman said, now I know you're the son. You, you really are a man of God. If you ain't know a man of God, you've been eating for three years. What do you mean? You ain't know I was a man of God. I'm, get, I'm working my way up to chapter 19. I'm, I'm, we're going to get there in a moment. And so, and, so, and, so, and so what happened was, so then he said, he, he said, you know what? And then he went to Ahab, the king. He said, Ahab, God is about to bring some rain. Now, the people of Wild said, get all the people together. He said, because I gotta, I gotta, we got to figure out who God is really real. And so understand that his wife, Ahab's wife name was Jezebel. And, and Jezebel was off the chain. She had actually 800 prophets, false prophets working for her. 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah. And, and he said, you know what? I tell you what, do me a favor. Get all of them together and I'm going to stand alone. 
we're going to see who God is on really on point. So they got, they had a contest of their gods and he got, they got an altar together and they got a bull and they sacrificed a bull and they put their, their, their animal uh, on this, on the wood. And they said, whoever God can bring down fire from heaven is the true and living God. And so nine o'clock in the morning, the prophets of Baal began. They start calling out the bell, chanting and making all types of noise and wilding out, you know, doing all this stuff. And Elijah just sitting there, sipping on some cool water, just chilling, said, okay. By the time noon came, he started taunting them. He said, maybe your God is using the bathroom. You got to read your Bible. Maybe your God is on a trip or maybe he's asleep. Uh, then they got aggravated, begin to ups, get upset. They start cutting themselves, trying to draw blood to appease their God to no avail because nothing happened. He said, are you guys done? Are you finished? Then he just got up. He said, now, this is what we're going to do about my God. I'm going to show you how bad my God is. He said, get the same type of bull. Get me the same wood. He says, build the, let's build the altar. And guess what? He built the altar. And see, sometimes you have to build your own altar. See, 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 you have to build your own altar. See, you can't, see, you depend on me to build your altar for you. But you have to build your own altar. You have to have your own place where you go to God alone and to offer up your sacrifice of praise. Amen. The praise team can't build your altar. You have to build your own altar. So he, he, he built his altar, and, and when he built his altar, he said, we're going to take a step further. He said, let's dig a moat around it. They dug a ditch around it, and they got water, and they doused the, the, the sacrifice, the wood, and to the point where the water was overflowing out of the moat. And then, and then what happened was he, 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 didn't, he didn't have to cut himself. He had to chant and run around for three hours. He just called on God. He said, God, I know you are the true and living God. He said, Bring, come on, do what you do fire came down from heaven and guess what took up everything the sacrifice the wood the water and the rocks consumed everything did everybody say the God of Israel is a true and living God <laughs> then Elijah said alright now let's give it these prophets killed all the prophets of Baal killed them all he killed them all and then Ahab went home had to talk to his wife because she was really running the show Jezebel that Jezebel spirit is something else, ain't it? See, again, I told you this before. Jezebel spirit, we think, is a, is a, is a harlot spirit. It's not a harlot spirit. It's a manipulative spirit, a controlling spirit, the Jezebel spirit. So he went home and told his wife what was going on. She said, she sent a letter to Elijah, and the letter said, Elijah, tomorrow this time, you're going to be dead. He started running. Now, this is the same man who went to the king and said, it ain't going to rain till I say it's going to rain. It's the same man that said, I'm going to call down fire from heaven, and fire came down. The same man who just killed 450 men, and he running from Jezebel. So anyway, so, so, so he gets there, and, 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 and he, go, he goes on a run. Um, but let me rewind the tape. Let me rewind the tape. Because before that happened, he says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And so when he heard the sound, he sent the servant out. He said, go see if you see. Now, he heard a sound. He didn't just hear the sound of rain. He heard the sound of the abundance of rain. That means a whole lot of rain is coming. He heard a sound. So, so can I give you a sidebar here? See, he said it. So you have to say it before you see it. You have to say it before you see it. Many of us, we're waiting to see it. Then we'll say it. The after the fact saints, you know what I mean? I knew God was going to do that. I knew he was going to open a door. No, you got to declare it before the door is open. See, that's why I pray out loud. 
See, I pray out loud because I have a spirit, soul, and body, and I need my, see, if I just say a head prayer, then I ain't enough. See, I need my ears to hear what I'm believing God for. So that's why I say it aloud so my ears can hear. To, and so, see, my spirit's going to speak so my soul can grab a hold of that thing. You see what I'm saying? And so that's why I got I say things before I see it. And so, so he said, he told the service, he said, go out there and see if you see anything. Send him out there. We know the story. I preached this uh, many times before we went out there. He ain't seen nothing. Sent him out there seven times. And the seventh time he saw a cloud the size of a man hand. He said, there it is. He said, that's it. That's where the abundance is going to come from. He says, send a, a note to Ahab telling him he to get to Jezreel because the rain is coming. Now, we talked about this before. Uh, Elijah outran a chariot. Not to Jezreel. And then, and then after, that's when all this stuff went down. And, and, and then he started running from Jezebel at that point. So he's running from Jezebel. And listen, he actually prayed to God. He said, God, please take my life. Aren't you glad God don't answer all your prayers? See, we pray some stupid prayers. God, I'm not even answering that. I'm not even, I'm not even going, because if I, if I answer that prayer, they're going to be, God, please let him be my husband. God said, no. Because if I let him be your husband, you're going to be on Judge Maybelline, divorce court. Amen. Lord, let her be my wife. God says, no. Thank God he doesn't answer all of our prayers. Amen. This man prayed, God, take my life. That's I'm not even answering that prayer. So instead of engaging in his prayer, what God is, he brought him provision. So he's, he's, he fell asleep on a, on a rock underneath a tree. And when he woke up, he woke up to the smell of fresh breaking bread. Because the angel of the Lord came and made him bread. He said, get up and eat something. He had some cold drink and, and a piece of bread then he you know just like black folk he went right back to sleep he ate and went to sleep it kicked right in that, that, that's that see that happens with that heaven bread that's that, that that's that manna that's that that's that real deal bread that's like that that yeast bread you know the, the lord have mercy them yeast rolls is like one of them he ate a couple of them and went right back to sleep the angel did it again he did it twice woke him up again with some more bread and something to drink it says uh get up man Get up from here and, and, and go where God needs you to go. He stepped, instead of him going where God wanted him to go, he ran 40 more days and 40 more nights. Still running. After he, now you understand, God bringing the bread with the angel saying, I'm still with you. I'm still here. And that's what God does in our lives. He'll send little glimpses and little, little blessings so you can know I'm still here. You ain't got to run no more. I, I want you to know that that, that, that little, that good news you just got, that's me bringing, sending you a note saying it's going to be all right. That, that, that little glimpse of, of sunshine, he says, that's me letting you know that I'm still in the mix. I'm still with you, my child. Instead of running to God, Elijah ran from God. Forty days, now I finally made it to our text. Chapter 19, he finds himself in a cave. He finds himself in a cave not seeking God. Our God is so awesome. That even when I wasn't looking for him, he was looking for me. That's the kind of God we serve. That even when I wasn't looking for him, he was looking for me. He actually went and looked for Elijah. And he asked him, he says, Elijah, what are you doing here? And just like Elijah, many times, church, when we have our highest high, right behind our highest high is our lowest low. That's what happened to him. He, he had this, this experience with God. He had this, this thing where he was able to prove that his God was real. He got everybody back on track with God. And now here come his lowest low. And instead of him dealing with it, he did like most of us, we run away. And we run away from the things of God and from the presence of God. And he found himself in a cave. 
And so look at verse 10 of our text. Look what he said here in verse 10. He said, uh, so he said to him, I have been zealous, very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. And the children of Israel has forsaken your covenant. They tore down your altars. They killed all your prophets by the sword. He said, and I alone, I alone am left. And um, they seek to take my life. And he's talking about Jezebel. Jezebel really kill him. And, 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 and Elijah becomes defensive to God. And God says, I'm not even going to listen to that. I'm going to respond a different way. Just ask you a question. What, why are you here? And why are you here is not just the physical place he's at. Why are you there spiritually and, and mentally? I prove it to you that I'm with you every step of the way. I, I prove it to you that I'm going to take care of you. You ate out of a widow's house for three years that where, where there was no food. I brought, I sent ravens to feed you. I, I, I sent an angel to bake you fresh bread. I even answered your prayer and sent fire down. I sent the rain and you still don't believe I'm with you. And that's the thing. We get so blinded by our, our situation and circumstances, we can't see the hand of God moving in our lives. God, I don't have this and I don't have that. And why is this happening? Why that? He said, why are you ain't looking at what I am doing? I'm making a way out of no way for you. See, you, see, you should be in Shepherd Pratt right now, but, but you're still in your sound mind. I'm taking care of you. You should be in ICU, but I'm the one keeping you. And so, and, so, and so he couldn't see that. And so God says, I know what you need. You need to get back into my presence. And so what he did was he says, I need you to step out of your cave and step into my presence. And so my question to you is, what is your cave? Is your cave the bottle? See, that's your, that, that, that's your way you escape from God. Is your, is your cave the pills? Is your cave the club? Oh boy, oh girl, is that your cave? Because the cave is the thing that you step into to step away from God. Because you don't want to be in his presence. You'd rather be in the cave because it's a place of safety for you. Y'all quiet in this Lutheran church. So my question to you, church, is what is your cave? And whatever your cave is, you need to step out of your cave back into the presence of God. So this is what he told Elijah. He says, he says Elijah, I need you to step out of that cave. And he said, I'm going to pass by. And that's all we need is God to pass by our situation. That's all we need is for him to just, he didn't even got to step into it. He just got passed by. He said, he said I'm going to pass by. And so he passed by. And when he passed by, uh, uh, the first thing that happened was the, the great windstorm. It came and the storm was so powerful that it ripped the rocks right out of the mountain. But God wasn't in the, in the wind. And see, that's where we think. See, 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 you, you thought, oh, God's going to come. He's going to just wipe my situation away. He said, I'm not in the wind. That's what you want me to do. Then after the wind, it was the earthquake. Oh, God's rumbling things. He's shifting things. Oh, here he comes. He wasn't in the earthquake. Then after the earthquake was a fire. Oh, God definitely got to be there. He's a consuming fire. Oh, he's, he's going to do this, you know. We, we, you know, we got to get deep and spiritual. Oh, he's a, hey, you know. And he, but he said, I'm not even in the fire. Go to fire the Holy Ghost. That's where God is. Hallelujah. Help me time a bow tie. Yeah, see. God said, with all that fire that was shut up in your bones, I wasn't in it.
But guess where he was at? In the whisper. He was in the whisper, and I'm going to tell you why he was in the whisper. Because, the see, okay, I got a microphone on. But I can yell across the room, way back in the room. And I, you can hear me way back in the room without the microphone because I can yell. But in order for me to whisper to you, I got to get close. That's why he whispers. Because the whisper means intimacy. He could yell from heaven. Do this the right way. He could yell from heaven that I'm still here. Because that's the message he had for Elijah. I'm still here. I'm still here with you. But he says, I I, I don't want to yell. I want to whisper to you. Because in order for me to whisper to you, I got to get close to you. If I get close to you, that means, if I let you get close to me, that means I, I think about this. Who you allow in your personal space? I don't let anybody just get, you know, that close to me. I got some people that, that I, you know, I go to some meetings, I meet with people. Some people don't know about personal space. You ain't got to get this close to talk to me. My ears, they might be weak, but I, I can still hear. You can stand right there and I can hear everything you say. You ain't got to get, so, so Mr. Johnson, how do you feel about, well, bro, that's too close. And the reason why we don't allow to have, get that close, because we're not, we don't have that type of relationship. But people that are close to you and that are intimate with you, you don't mind them getting close. And God says, I want you to let me get close to you. I want you to let me get so close to you that you can hear my whisper. And understand, church, that's, see, and, and guess what? Some of you all right now are in a storm. The, the wind is coming, it's knocking the rocks all around your mountain. It's, it's knocking it down. Some of you are in the stage of earthquake where everything around you is being shaken. Everything that, you, that was stable is now being shifted. Like, wait in the world, happened to my stability. Everything around me is being shaken. Some of you are in the fire where everything around you is being consumed. Why in the world is this being taken? That's being cut down. But I, if you're in any of those three things, the next thing I need you to listen for is the voice. Because underneath all that noise is the whisper. So if you're in a storm, if you're in, a, in, in an earthquake, if you're in a fire, then I need you to get your, get your hearing aid together, put some new batteries in that joint, because God's about to talk to you. See, the problem is that we were looking for God in the noise. We were looking for God in the, in the big sound. Oh, God, about to make this big sound, this big, we're going to hear all this. They said, no, 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 no. Because that's what, that's what the world requires. He said, but what I require is relationship. And, and, and I want to get close to you. And, and what he's whispering to Elijah, the same thing he wants to whisper to you, I'm still here. I still love you. I still care about you. I haven't forgotten you. I have not forsaken you. And, and everything that's happening in your life is a part of your story. It's a part of your process. And, and I'm, I, the thing that I come to destroy you, I, I'm coming to make you better. But even in the midst of that, I'm watching every step because I'm still here with you. He wasn't in the, in the storm. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire, but he was in the whisper, the still small voice. And that's the same way he talks to us now. We just ignore it. Oh, we don't hear it because we allow everything else is loud. You got your beats on, they're too loud. You can't hear nothing else but God. You got, you, got, you, got, you got Facebook on, you got Twitter on, you got Snapchat on, and God's trying to, hey, 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 
You got CNN on. You got, you, you're looking at your bills. You're looking at everything around you. God says, wait, wait, wait. I'm here. I'm here. We can't hear his voice because everything else is so loud. And because everything is so loud, God, you ain't speaking. So I'm speaking, but I'm whispering. And the reason why, I'm, now I guarantee you, if you really wanted to hear what I had to say, See, what would happen if I start doing that, you would naturally come closer if you want to hear what I have to say. And that's what God is doing. He's whispering, hoping that you will draw closer. So you can hear what he has to say. He's whispering because he said, maybe if I whisper, they'll tune everything else out and come closer to me and hear what I have to tell them. Underneath all that noise, church, and I know there's a lot of noise going on. The noise of the job, the noise of the bills, the noise of the spouse, the noise of this, the noise of that, and all this stuff going on. But in the midst of all that noise, God is still speaking. But it's coming in a still small voice. And that voice is going to come. And, and a lot of times, again, we ignore it. God's still doing it today. You're about to do something wrong, and some say, don't do that. Now, I'm giving peace in my mind. You ain't got to do that. Now, you act a fool. And then here come the Holy Spirit. The convictions come. And then the first thing you say is, something told me, don't do that. <laughs> Even when I'm in my car, I'm, I'm driving and you know, the Holy Spirit is awesome. Yes. I'm telling you, I, sometimes I, I'll be rolling. The Lord said, you better slow down, boy. <laughs> and the times I didn't listen, ooh, <laughs> License and registration. But the times I've listened, I had peace in the valley. And listen, we, again, we think that the voice is going to come to tell us big things like, okay, now it's time to make the career. No, it'll be as simple as, don't go there, eat the lunch today. You're going to get sick. Don't you dare have that conversation with him or with her. This still small voice. The one that's telling you, don't do that, don't say that, don't go there, don't wear that, don't do this. Amen. Remember, he wants to guide us in all our ways. And so he's speaking, he's speaking, and people say, I've never heard God's voice because you ain't listening. Or maybe he's listening, but you ain't close enough to hear. He's calling for us to get close. He wants that intimacy and so, I, church, I, I, I'm done. I just want you to know that underneath all that noise, there's the whisper. So if you find yourself in a storm, if you find yourself in an earthquake, you find yourself in a fire, I, the next thing you need to do is step out of your cave, step in his presence so you can hear his voice. If, if you find yourself in a situation where you're saying, God, this thing is so loud I can't hear, then it's time for you to tune in to that still small voice. God is still speaking to his people today and underneath all that noise is the whisper. Come on, stand on your feet. I'm done. Thank you for listening to the Raymond Talk podcast. To listen to this message or past sermons, download the Mixcloud app in the Google Play or iTunes store. Go to mgwc.net to join and get the latest church announcements. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. Thank you again for listening to the Raymond Talk podcast. Hope you join us next time.